Hi, this is Anna Solheim uh, on Paper Cuts, uh, and we're at SPX in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, talking comics. Hotel is this for SPX? It's a Hyatt in Bethesda. We're at a Hyatt in Bethesda yep. above SPX, which is the like largest uh, comics and small press expo in the country. And it's right here in our own backyard or front yard or however this would be oriented. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I thanks so much for taking some time out of the fair schedule to be talking with me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about myself. <laughs> so this is a good opportunity to do that. And like you're no stranger to the Paper Cuts program at all. We've had a, a live Paper Cuts uh, comics reading at the WPA and a like pre-Paper Cuts thing happening at Phantom Comics in D.C. Yeah, my only, my first reading ever was at the Phantom reading. And then I've done one other besides the WPA one. Yeah. So, like, I learned, I cut my teeth on learning how to read my comics publicly through <laughs> uh, Paper Cuts uh, events, apparently. <laughs> that's really fun. Well, yeah. I'm like, I think one of the things that's been really great for me moving into this area is to be able to, to meet people like you that are doing really amazing work in mm -hmm. comics and small press work. And then to find like new and exciting ways to be working together. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was really thrilled that you found me. Like I, the, you know, it's interesting because um, yeah, I just always make. I've had some really good opportunities because my work is stocked at Phantom. Yeah. Like this and a gallery show I was in uh, at the. It was at Pyramid Atlantic. Pyramid Atlantic. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I forgot the name of it. Yes, at the Pyramid Atlantic, uh, I specifically was invited to both of those things because you and Amy Lokoff, the curator of that show, found my work at Phantom Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom is really incredible. So I, like I picked up um, uh, Everything's Fine at Phantom, and then I think we met again at the DC Zine Fest, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, my boyfriend drew you without noticing it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He drew. He was just like, "Oh, there's a guy," and he drew because my boyfriend draws obsessively, and yeah. so that's what he was doing. And he was like, "That looks like a fun beard to draw." Yeah, exactly. And I was just <laughs> like, "I know that guy." And then, yeah, that was that was uh, it was destiny. Yeah. So um, I've had the pleasure of reading your artist statement to a crowd a couple of times. Right. And you know the. Uh, short like elevator pitch of some of your comics are producing work that focuses on mental health and progressive politics mm -hmm. and you've done your own you've published your own work like everything's fine but you've also published through uh, Dirty Diamond and the comics for choice 
um, mm -hmm. which is nominated for a Ignatz, actually. That's it's right. For best anthology. Yeah. So, like, what can you tell tell me a little bit about each of those anthologies and how they tie into your your solo practice? So I love doing anthologies because you get to meet and and work with other cartoonists and as someone that only does her own projects like I don't like I don't work with other writers I don't work with other artists for the most part even though I'm thinking of uh collaborating with a few people in the future but um yeah. for the most part I do my own work and the way I am able to come up with my work is short story stuff I I am a short form cartoonist I do not do long form work with the exception of one long form story that I've ever written, which I have not turned into a comic yet. We're going to see where that goes. But right. with the anthologies, they give you a prompt, which is like, uh, it has between this many pages and this many pages, and it's about this thing. And the way I am able to generate stories, I just, I discovered when I went to CCS is that I would give it, I was given a prompt with parameters. Mm -hmm. And so I love doing anthologies because usually I'm able to generate stories that I never would have been able to come up with or even think of until I find out about an anthology and I'm like, oh, that is a theme that yeah. uh, interests me. So I will participate in this. And also they pay and uh, their books tend to sell better than zines and the profit margin is significantly higher and i am broke so any way to so it's like it's just all good in all ways like yeah. they're great yeah yeah um so you, can you tell me or talk a little bit more about your the story that you produced for comics for choice uh comics for choice yeah i was invited specifically to that anthology that's the only anthology i've ever been invited to be a part of hazel nubilant uh was one of the editors and they were the first person to ever compliment my work on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, they read my mini thesis from the Center for Cartoon Studies about me being a victim of bullying, then becoming a bully, and then coming to terms with that as an adult. It's called This Isn't About You. And they were like, this is a really good comic. And I was like, yeah. I don't know who you are, but thanks. And... Um, I did a comic with my friend Tilly Walden called There For Us, and it's about both me and Tilly's positive experiences of Planned Parenthood. And this was done in, like, I believe it was published in like March of 2016. Yeah. So things were happening in terms of the, I mean, like the, the debate was always a thing, but yeah. like about Planned Parenthood, like, but this was. This was about me and Tilly's positive experiences. And at the time, we were not in crisis mode about Planned Parenthood staying around, right? Yeah. Like, it was always like, you know, it's perilous footing, but it's solid. And now, I mean, obviously now it's like a completely different political climate. Um, so, and the, the Planned Parenthood story that me and Tilly did was not about abortion, Um Mine was about getting a breast exam and hers was about being given birth control because she has a condition that makes her periods just like, you know, like very painful and, and it, and, um, 
And so she was given birth control for that. I thought I had a lump and my father had died of cancer a couple, like literally like two years ago to the week that I discovered the lump. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were both fine. We both got great care. And so we're like, cool, let's do a little comic. And then I went yeah. viral because Tilly Walden is like viral machine. And I was like, go, promote, make it a thing. And so she did. Um, but I, because of that comic, uh, Hazel reached out to me and was like, we are doing a, we are doing an anthology of nonfiction stories about abortion. Would you be interested in participating? And I, at the time, was a virgin. So I certainly had never had an abortion. Yeah. And I didn't, but I, my mother was very candid about the fact that she had had two. And so, you know, we, I was very aware, not to the extent of when I interviewed her, like I, I found out a lot of details because of the interview, but I would, you know, me and my mother don't have great boundaries. Like we're besties and like, we kind of tell each other everything and it's probably not great, but, um, but we're very open family. And so I knew that she had had two abortions and I was like, mom, can I interview you for this thing? And she's like, that's a great cause. I love it. You're a cartoonist. Let's do it. And so like, yeah, that was like it. And it's about essentially she had, she got pregnant with my, as she puts it, every time she looked at my father, she got pregnant. And so she got, they had, they, she got pregnant five times, ended up having two kids yeah. because she got pregnant, had an abortion, got pregnant, had a miscarriage sit and told my father, I'm ha- we're having a baby now because I had this and I want it. So they had my brother and then she got pregnant again. Um, had a second abortion and then told my father, I am having every single baby that you impregnate me with forever. So get a vasectomy. And he was like, I'm a man. No. And then they had me and he was like, I'm getting a vasectomy because no. And that was like the end of that's like the, that's like the story essentially. So Yeah. yeah. Um, how did your mom react to the comic? She loved it. Yeah. Showed it to everybody. She, so when I am given a contributor copy of an anthology uh, or any other, any, or like I'm in a newspaper and I get a copy of the newspaper. So I've been in seven days, which is Vermont's alternative weekly uh, newspaper. I've been in that twice or actually SPX is debuting magic bullet number 17, I believe, which is a free comic newspaper from the DC area. Yeah. That yeah, it's it's bought on by a DC conspiracy, and I am in an issue of that. And anytime I get a contributor copy of anything, she gets a copy. So she has literally a copy of every single comic I have ever done from C- from the first year of CCS Forward. That's amazing. Yeah. So she, I don't have a copy of everything. I just give her all of that. Like so, yeah. she has a copy, and they're all on display, and and like it's not like you know on a wall. It's just like she has a little box in in the living room. And then she's, and then the sketchbook I gave her as a gift was full, was on, is on display. Yeah. Cause I tend to, I make sketchbooks and then the way I make sure I fill them is that I give them to people when I'm done with them. So. That's a really wonderful practice. Yeah. Unfortunately, recently I've been falling off of that just because like they've just become ways to write art or write comics. 
which I don't think people are as interested in as like cool sketches. So I have a current one going that I was going to give to my comics mentor, Ariel Bordeaux. I still might. There's definitely parts that are written to her specifically because I always have someone in mind. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But that is like the way I make sure I fill them is by like having someone in mind to give them to. Yeah. And then my boyfriend is like, you're going to want these. Stop it. And I'm just like, no, like my entire, like I've always done art for other people to consume. Like it, it, like it is very much for me to, I am not someone I have been described as someone with a terrible poker face and I (laughs) cannot turn myself off in any way in any situation. So I am always 12,000% me no matter what. But when it comes to my art, even though I am completely true to myself and only tell stories that are 100% me, I also make them for public consumption. Yeah. Include, and so my sketchbooks, there's no reason not to do that. There's occasionally, like, occasionally I'll staple some pages together. Like, because it'll be like, all right, this is like rant and a time. And then, like, yeah. rant. And then it's like, well, the drawing on the back is really good. And so, like, you staple pages <laughs> together. But, like, for the most part, like... I'm a very open book, um, and so yeah, that's that's uh, with the sketchbooks. That's such a wonderful practice. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you. Love that. Yeah. And it's I don't know your your mother having a copy of everything is also a really great archive for you. Oh yeah, totally. You know, totally. Especially as you're like moving around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was recently given a box of zines that my parents had as well as like a collection of the first like three years of some zine project that I was working on in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. And it was like whoa. Yeah. I like I don't have copies of this. Right, exactly. And yeah. it's it's really nice to like see those things come back. Yeah. Um I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground, so I want to go back to uh, CCS, the Center for Cartoon Studies. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about what your graduate experience was like there? So I was directionless when it came to career because I thought I wanted to be a I I thought I was going to save the world single-handedly politically Uh so which is why so many of my comics are about my political experiences um for example I I I just completed a project that just went online literally I think on Thursday um so like a couple days before this recording called draw out the vote which is only press um got 52 cartoonists one for each state and uh one for dc and one for puerto rico to do a com a single page comic about their experiences with voting or the election of whatever state they're representing yeah or their experience with political political activism and so you choose a state you get a comic and then you also get all the information you need to register to vote the deadlines for your appropriate spaces just Every, all the information you need in order to vote in the upcoming elections, uh, midterm elections. And so I had done, and like my comic is about uh, me calling my representatives nonstop in Delaware. I decided, because I just moved to Gwen Oaks from Delaware in the last, uh, in June um, yeah. or July. And, um, but, I did a comic for that, and that is an, that's one of the, I think I've done three or four comics about the fact 
that I have an extensive political history, especially considering how the fact that I'm 30, I've done, I've worked at a lot of different political places. The most, the most, probably the one that most people would understand, the most impressive being I was a intern for Hillary Clinton back when she was a senator in 2008, when she was first running for president. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Yeah. So I've done a couple of comics reaching that topic up that topic uh one for the nib and one for this draw of the vote um but i hated it i hated working in every political office i worked at and i did good work yeah and i worked for a lot of cool causes and i hated i hated all of it am i allowed to swear on this yeah yeah. okay yeah i fucking hated all of it and um it seems like really intense and thankless work it's that is not the issue as much as the fact that people that work in politics are political animals. And I am someone who is super blunt. And um, blunt is not. I am direct. I used to be blunt back when I was younger. I am direct and I am 12,000% honest. I am like really bad at lying. And like that is something you need to do sometimes when you're. Where you need to learn it's not that you need to lie it's the fact that you need to you need to be able to finesse the truth and talk about it in a specific way because that's the way compromises are made yeah. and i am someone that does not know how to do that and i am not comfortable with a lot of people the way they go about doing that and so i gave up on that and i just got a job as an administrator a receptionist at a physical therapy office and I loved it, and it was super low stress, and the, and it was just a really cool job. And it, like it's just like really comfortable job. If you are in the D.C. area and you have a lot of money and you need physical therapy, I would recommend going to Get Well Rehabilitation in Chevy Chase, Maryland, because they are phenomenal uh, physical therapists. Um, but uh, they do not take most insurance. However, uh, I got that job and it was wonderful. And then I was like, okay, let's reprioritize our entire lives. Now, you're not going to be defined by your career, which you thought you would be because you grew up in D.C. where everybody around you is. You just want a small, low-stress job that pays the bills. But that also means you need something extra to, like, you know, make you, like, your passion. And I decided... I've always wanted to do comics and I ended up, um, I ended up getting involved with a DC comic collective called square city comics and they're great. And I'm one of the organizers. And again, if you're in DC, um, check us out on Facebook or meetup or squarecitycomics.com and come to some, we have monthly meetings and we do anthologies and stuff, but, uh, because of them, I found out about the Center for Cartoon Studies, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. Yeah. And um, Center for Cartoon Studies was one of the... It was not necessarily a positive experience in terms of mood. Um, specifically, the second year, I broke my drawing hand the second oh, semester. No. And so there was 10 weeks where I was only able to pencil 11 pages. And that's all you're supposed to freaking do at that school. So yeah. it was a, it was a nightmare, and I so I hate Vermont 
is a lovely place, except for the, I, I am someone that, uh, I hate the dark and it, it the sunset at four o'clock in the afternoon and it was freezing. Oh, so geez, like it yeah. was, it was just, so I wasn't depressed. Like my sadness wasn't an issue. Like depression only hit because of the arm, but, yeah. um, but like I had no energy. So I was like sleeping through classes and doing all sorts of like horrible, disrespectful things. We love that nature. Cause I just never had energy. Yeah. And 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 I was injured. And so um and there's also it is a very small town. And you I had 20 classmates. There were maximum 40 people in that school. And since I didn't have a car, you just get sucked into this vortex of gossip. And that so the first year is one of the best years of my life. Because uh, it was like I was working on comics and like I was making lifelong friends and it was yeah. super great. And then the second year, I won't say it was one of the worst because I'd say the majority of my life, I've had some really bad years and I would not probably consider that. It was a bad year, but it wasn't one of the worst. But um, uh, it was rough. But the education I got out of CCS is unparalleled like yeah. going to ccs is literally the best thing i ever did for myself um i because i went because i didn't know anything about tech that i needed to make comics so there was a tech class and then it turned out oh actually you know way less about making comics than you think you do <laughs> and like here's a way to learn how to make really good comics yeah and like you were given a community full of people that could give you feedback and like you learned a lot of business stuff and the not only in the business class but like i was best friends with telly walden and she's like let me teach you social media and i'm <laughs> like huh well computers are the devil but i guess i'll get over that in order to further <laughs> my career you know so um and like uh and yeah it's just like and yeah you get feedback from people and I learned all about new material to do, like new, like, like art materials I could use and like yeah. different styles. And again, that is where I learned that the way I come up with stories is by be is given prompts and parameters. So the first semester, if not most of the first year, most of the first year was, okay, you have to do a comic about a journey. It's eight pages three tier panels or three tier, three tier pages go or like, Oh, you have to do an Aesop fable. It can either be, it can either be, uh, it can either be a literal just retelling of a fable or you take it and make it your own thing. Yeah. Six pages. You've got two weeks, three tier, like three tier nine panel max on a page go. And like that kind of, so Giving, learning to like, learning the fact that the way I generate ideas is by finding prompts that resonate with me is how I learned how to write. Yeah. So, um, and so then, then, yeah. How did that move into like everything's fine and the work that you've been doing is far more so, uh, autobiographical? So the, the, everything's fine. There was an assignment and the thing is like my classmates hated the second semester of my first year because Jason Lutz is a teacher uh, that does uh, the first year comics foundation class and it is it is the backbone of that school like yeah. if you don't have that class 
that school would be worthless. There's a bunch of other good shit about that school, but without that class, that school is nothing. So, um, so he took sabbatical his second, our second semester in order to create or already to finish, um, Berlin, which is why he's a guest of honor at SPX this year. Yeah. Um, and so we got, uh, it, we were taught by James Sturm, and who is one of the founders of the school. And the thing is, is that CCS, because it was the first cartooning grad school, and I would argue the best, um, I would argue the best, uh, like, uh, grad slash, it's really more of a trade school, but yeah. I'd say the best, like, two-year specific program for comics. Um, uh, I would say that place started is very much shoot from the hip, see what sticks and, and sometimes you miss and sometimes you hit. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when that started, because it was the first and because it was new and because it was significantly cheaper, it was always expensive, but because it was significantly cheaper, people accepted that. And now CCS has garnered this whole new wave of, MFA programs for comics and you've got workshops and it's like yeah. there is an entire industry of of uh comics for like there's an entire like there is now an educate there's multiple educational institutions that teach comics and CCS was the front runner of that. James Sturm came in with his old school like sheet from the hip and a lot of people because it wasn't as structured people really were upset it actually worked for me really well. We had an assignment where we were just supposed to, we were supposed to do a comic page every day and then not think about the end of the story and then create another page the day after until it built into something. Yeah. I ended up not doing that because... <laughs> Uh, I didn't, but what I ended up doing was I, I ended up taking that avatar that I had created as a fluke that created that avatar that I have for everything's fine. One, it's, it's completely me because I decided that drawing myself realistically is literally the most boring thing in the world that for me to draw yeah. is I, it's, it's, it's mind numbing, but, um, which is why when you do it in crazy style, you're like, okay, well at least it's crazy style. But, um, that avatar came about, uh, I was waiting around for a printer, for the printer to be fixed in the lab, and I drew that avatar, and I was like, this is a cool looking avatar, and then I drew it eating McDonald's, and I had been eating a lot of McDonald's at the time, and I'm like, well, this is me now, and then I drew avatars from my class, and it was like an entire thing. So, James Sturm gave that assignment, and what I did with it was I decided to, uh, just do a comic with that every day that the, you know, for the seven or for the like week and a half or two weeks that that assignment was done. Yeah. And so, and I couldn't show the originals to pretty much anybody because most of them were just venting about my classmates. Um, and the other weren't very, I mean, they're not very strong either. It's pretty much just rants. Um, but then I, I kind of got addicted to it and it just became, 
more and more of a thing that I just would do these autobio little comics that were just like kind of little moments in my life. And then I was invited to be part of a, to do a page for seven days and for the, the Vermont alternative weekly. And I was told it had to be in color. And I was like, Oh, well I crap. Okay. Well, I'm bad at coloring digitally because I like kind of understand the paint bucket tool, but like I don't understand layering even though I was taught it. And the thing is, like now that I like, yeah, I've done it without the layering and all the like insane setup stuff we're supposed to do, and it always prints fine. Like it's fine. Yeah. But like um, but essentially, I had when I, I went to the Duke Ellington School of the Arts for high school, and I had learned that I really loved working with. Prisma color pencils and pastels, oil pastels back in the day. Yeah. And so I was like, let's see if I can make this work with color pencil. And I did. And then uh, that is kind of, I did one of my little doodle comics as like a larger form thing for the newspaper. And I did it in full color. And that can be found in like the miscellaneous section of my comics page of my website. And uh, that's kind of how the entire thing started. And then we had an assignment at the second year of CCS. Our first assignment was just to do 16 pages of anything. And I was like, well, I have a ton of these and I don't feel like thinking. So we're just going to make it a thing. And that's where Everything's Fine Volume 1 came from. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you you do all of your comics uh, by hand with pencil and color pencil now? Or are you incorporating digital work? So not all of them. Um... I've never done digital. I've occasionally done digital coloring. Yeah. So I read Malai for you uh, at the WPA reading. Yeah. And like that'll be, I'm, you're, you have a recording of that. It's going to go up somewhere, paper yeah. cuts related. Um, and that also can be found on my website. That is colored digitally. Occasionally the nib will be like, hey, uh, you want to do like a four panel thing in a day? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not coloring that by hand. So here's some paint bucket tool, yeah. uh, like cool, cool times. But like, um, and then, uh, the, the, uh, the drawn, the draw out the vote comic, I misunderstood the directions. And so it was like black and white and grays. And I'm like, oh crap. I need, I've never worked with grays. I got to work with grays. And then my boy, and then Chris was like, my boyfriend was like, why can't you just do black and white? Like you always do. And I was like, Oh, it was an option, not like an obligation. Like, I'm, <laughs> so now I've been working more with grays, like my magic bullet, uh, my magic bullet comic also has grays in it. And so that is all colored digitally. And I will never do anything like shit. First of all, I think shading like digitally, unless it's masterfully done, it tends to look gross. So like, uh, and it's also effort that I am not a fan of. Like yeah. my whole thing with comics is like, let's, let's get it done that it's good. But like the more important thing is that it's done. And so, um, I digitally will color that and I digitally edit comics, but then everything else is hand done. So I'm going to give you a zine today at the yeah. end of, yeah, at the end of this, um, of the pieces from the gallery show. And those are oh, all those are all color pencil yeah, and they are not, they're silent comics that are much more representational than everything's fine. 
but uh, the reason that color, I was able to color everything's fine first is because since it's abstract, I was much more comfortable experimenting with the medium yeah. than doing that with like human figures. Can you tell me a little bit more about the Pyramid Atlantic show? And I would I kick myself for not being able to actually go see it in person. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It was it was great. But uh, it uh. So Amy Lokoff is someone that worked at a gallery in Anacostia, and decided she wanted to go off and uh create and become a. I guess a gallery curator. Like she wanted to like, like do what she did, which was make show. I apologize. Make shows for various uh, galleries. Yeah. And so her, she was, she is friends apparently with one of the magic bullet dudes. uh, And they got together and she decided to do a show called not too high, not too low. Um, which was cartoonists doing fine art. And I have been part of that before. Um, I kind of find it to be like kind of a meh premise just because like, I think it is sort of dismissive to comics in general. Yeah. Um, and I, um, and, uh, like, I understand the blurring of lines, but at the end of the day, well, it's like, but we're taking cartoonists outside of this medium. And like, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, galleries. Yeah. Yeah. Fine art. Yeah. Yeah. That was my entire background, whatever. But, um, so I ended up, I was, I was trying to come up with these like pieces and they just were not working. And the way I was, uh, not the way I was like decompressing from all the stress was that I was making these little silent comics and then Chris was like, these could work in a fine art setting. And I was like, ba-boom, hey, Amy, yeah. I'm going to f- send you some photos. Uh, can I, like, kind of disregard your entire premise? But, like, they're kind of pretentious looking, so, like, they could fit in a gallery. <laughs> could we do that? Because there's no dialogue. And she was like, I love these. And I'm like, fantastic. Well, she, well, and she was also, Amy was great because, like, I was like, I'm really struggling with this thing. She's like, well, I don't want you making art you hate. Like, that's not the point of, like, being in a show and, like, being an artist. And I'm like, huh, that, like, makes a lot of sense and I'm an idiot for not thinking of it. But, like, yeah, okay. And so she's like, do the thing you want to do. So, um, it was me. I, it was, uh, oh, my God, I only remember the freaking, all I remember is their social media handles. I can't remember the name of the artists. There's a guy named Andrew... Yeah, I'm not going to even try. But, yeah. like, there's there's a bunch of... It was five cartoonists, very different backgrounds. I did 12 four-panel silent comics uh, exploring moments of intimacy because even though I'm an open book and will tell everyone everything about my life, I very rarely feel genuinely vulnerable with people. Yeah. And I had started a relationship. My first real romantic relationship at the age of 29 uh in june and then was invited to do that show in december and i was and at the time being in love i mean still like it's still weird and novel but like at the time it was also like 
first love is like all consuming and so it's yeah. like all my art was about it and like i think it, it like really kind of freaked out uh my boyfriend he's just like okay like let's calm down a little you know like yeah. but like um but uh yeah he just um so i just wanted to look at and actually the the page that started all this um was inspired was bu- from my long form story that I just never gone around to drawing. So actually that was not about him, but the project just became like looking at moments of intimacy. Yeah. And I had these 12 color, um, pencil eight and a half by 11, uh, comics, uh, that were silent. Um, and that was my piece. You had also like, Jess did like a, a, a giant installation, like an eight foot installation of like watercolor, like, uh, like a watercolor um, interactive display where like essentially everyone came in and like took selfies. <laughs> oh, it's it's the greatest! Like all of the all the promotional photos. Like if you go to my blog and look at all the all the photos of of us, like all the group shots that we are are in front of her piece because like <laughs> specifically part of it is designed for you to interact with it by taking selfies in it. Yeah. So like, and then you have like Lenora Yerkes, who's the only person whose name I remember full stop because her handle is her name on Instagram. Um, she did an eight foot, uh, series of like, Oh, four watercolors that end up taking eight feet of the wall. Um, about her like just like the way that her hometown i believe in sacramento i could be wrong about that but she's a hometown and like the changing climate affecting and pollution affecting the way that that uh town is like built and like you know and like water contamination all that stuff and that was really cool and then like andrew who I believe is the magic bullet connection whose Instagram handle is how's it funny with a zine with a Z, excuse me, uh, did, um, a bunch, he did some dioramas and they were great. And then he also did, um, yeah, he did some dioramas and then he also does this cool thing where he paints like old, like vintage, like alcohol bottles like, with little paintings. And they're cool. I can't remember if any of those were in the show or if that's just what I've seen on his social media. But um, they're some of my favorite pieces he does. And then you had a guy um, who is... Dang it. I can't even remember his social media handle. He's so nice, too. But he did an entire... He took a bunch of vinyl covers of various... um, Of various, like vinyl like just like record covers and he created and like he sewed them all together and made like a huge comic he just painted over faces and made a comic from like all of these record covers and it was by far my favorite thing of the show that sounds like oh it's so cool he does a lot of um he does zines that are partially comics but also a lot of it is just him talking about records yeah. And like he like him and his wife like will go to record shows and just sell their zines and stuff. And he's very he's very nice. And then the last person is there is a artist called Ghetto like her handle on Instagram is Ghetto Girls Rule and hers it, she's a she is a uh like she's probably the oldest 
artist in their show. She's in like I would assume her fifties, yeah. and it did. Um, hers is definitely like the most underground looking stuff. Uh, she has this. She has this like piece called like Ask Eve, and it's essentially like Eve from the Bible in prison, talking about how she's set up by Adam and taking oh, the wow. fall for him. But it's it's it it was a really good experience, and then I ended up getting a free membership for a year because I was part of that show. That's awesome. And it's just like incredible facilities. Yeah, yeah, and um, they had a contest there. Like we were we were doing a panel discussion, and and there there was a contest for their members. Um, and Amy's like, you should all apply, and I'm like, well, I've got three weeks. I, I could bang some stuff out. Yeah. And so I banged out two pieces, and uh, I won third place. In uh, the juried member exhibition, oh, out of cool. like two hundred and fifty six peaches that were entered, so yeah. yeah, it was it like I really enjoy that space. Um, I don't really work in any of the media that they, you know, they're they're very they're paper media, right? So like that is totally your jam, like that's what yeah. you do. I am a drawn paper person, so like I don't really do anything else fancy with that. So it's somewhere that like if I was living closer, I'd consider getting a studio there. But I don't think I'd ever take advantage of any other classes or anything. But, like, they're a really cool organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's definitely worth checking out if you're anywhere near Hyattsville, Maryland. Yeah, it's a really cool location. Um, well, before I, I let you go and we go downstairs and check out the rest of SPS. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what are you excited about actually seeing here? Like, who, who or what are you going to be collecting uh, <sighs> from? So, the thing is, I... Um, I was telling you off air that like I am probably going to be quitting my job, which means I need to be very careful about what I buy here. Um, there is, I am, my big goal is to be trading yeah. with people this year and also giving my stuff to publishers. Right. The only thing I am actually trading or the only scene, I, and it's unfortunate, I only had 20 copies cause I, I sold the rest of them or put them on consignment. Um, but uh, I didn't order enough moments, but I'm giving them out to people. And um, the people, I, I'm really excited for... Uh, Michael Sweater is one of my favorite cartoonists. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's at the Silver Sprocket table. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, probably going to end up buying... I um, am friendly acquaintances with um a up and coming i don't even know if she's up and coming at this point she's gonna be the biggest fucking thing but like i she <laughs> like is bad at promotion but she's like she's she's one of the, she's possibly like she's gonna be like a superstar and the thing is is that at cc she was she's a she's a not a classmate of mine she's from the year below me at ccs um her name is robin smith and she um is she talks about race uh she's at she's she's jamaican and she talks about race um in an accessible and intelligent way that i've never seen discussed in comics and so but she also like and and she just did a she is she just came out with a very she just illustrated a very successful kickstarter about like black friends and focusing on on black people's hair um yeah. so i'm gonna be picking up her work um 
Shit, I just thought of somebody and I forgot them already. Uh, hold on. There is uh, Sophie Foster Domino, um, who is in Comics for Choice. Uh, I, I don't know if she won that Eisner. She was nominated for Best Short Story for her contribution to Comics for Choice. And, oh, cool. I didn't and, know that. And uh, she deserves it because that story is... Like, I'm in it and I like a lot of comics that are in that story, <laughs> but like... She's just a bit... Anytime she's fucking in anything, she's just the best part. Like, she is, like, on another level. Yeah. So, like, I have to buy Sex Fantasy. Like, the fact that I don't own Sex Fantasy yet because it sold out last year. So, yeah, like, gotta go see Sophie Foster Domino. Yeah, um... I need to... Uh... I'm trying to think. There's some other people. I don't want to, like, shout out only big names is, like, the issue. <laughs> um... But, uh... Yeah, there's. I also put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I, I, that's the thing is, like, I totally would have like looked at the entire uh, schedule and name people. Um, you got my. I'm checking out my friend. I'm. I'm gonna probably trade with uh, Emily Gillis, who is the head organizer of Square City Comics and is still involved with us, even though she moved to Denver, Colorado. Um, oh. And uh, but she is part of a collective called Wait or not a collective. It's her and. Crystal Rollins in they are part of a a group called Wayward Studios and I'm sure she's gonna have stuff um I have to pick up my copies of Magic Bullet and I have to pick up my Dirty Diamonds copies because I not only did I get the contributor copy I spent every like I spent all the money I made from being in that book on getting other copies so that I could sell them <laughs> later and make yeah. more money um, so I have to get those, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good show, um, it's not like last year, oh, I know who I was thinking of, uh, Daryl, huh, I don't know Daryl's last name, and I was super into her work before I met her in person, there is Daryl, and like, she's super famous, she's super famous, nobody in comics is super famous, she's, <laughs> she is, she was Eisner nominated. I don't know if she actually won. She did a comic called uh, Exits, uh, or No Exits, but I know her because she does this zine collection called Missy, and I was obsessed with that in college, and I think yeah. she's younger than me, which is uh, embarrassing. But um, <laughs> she has a new Missy coming out. She hadn't done it, because like she hasn't done it since before, uh, since before her, like since her Koyama book, yeah. Which I think was like two or like before CCS. So, um, but she is part of Robin Chapman's uh, Paper Rockets uh, table right now. Okay. And so she is, um, I am definitely buying Missy. Definitely. Cause I like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Exits was, Exits was good, but it, it's not what Missy is to me, which like Missy yeah. is like one of my like all time favorite little series. And so I'm like, I'm very excited to get my hands on that book. Well, I'm so, unfamiliar with Missy, so I'm gonna have to pick that up. As yeah, well. uh, you should definitely check out um, Robin, like Robin Chapman's entire like. I think you would dig pretty much probably everything she publishes. Yeah. She is the um, she is one of she works for First Second, but like she has her own small press uh, publishing company, yeah. and and. Uh, and I believe, yeah, I believe it's Paper Rocket, but, um, uh, she is the one who, uh, published, uh, she collected my comic mentor, Ariel Bordeaux's, um, Deep Girl 
and made it into a book. And, um, but I really think you would dig probably pretty much their entire lineup, even though Robin does not like everything's fine. <laughs> Cause she, she, uh, she, uh, reviewed it she has a she has an instagram where she takes a photo of a zine of, from her collection every day and i gave her everything's fine and she talked about how uncomfortable she was with the avatar yeah yeah like huh. and called it mummy looking and i was like great but like uh-huh. you know it's fine it's not I'm, I'm not my work's not for everybody so yeah. yeah but um but yeah so those are the people i'm like really looking forward to awesome i'm I'm definitely going to check out Paper Rocket. Yeah. Uh, well, Anna, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. out to talk with me. It's always really super, great to catch up. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Let's go uh, check out some comics. Yeah. Do you have um, like show notes where you're going to write the website and stuff, or do I plug oh, that? Definitely should plug your website. Okay. Anna, <laughs> where can people find you online? Okay. Uh, what you is can, your Instagram? So name? you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Anna Selheim. That's A-N-N-A-S-E-L-L-H-E-I-M as in Mary. Um, I also can be found at AnnaSelheim.com, which has the vast majority of my comics. And then you can also find my store and all my social media on there as well. Yeah, there you go. Excellent. Cool. Go.